Good morning. Cool morning. Polly, what did you do with summer? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a good day. It doesn't matter. We have any birthdays this morning? No birthdays? One. Tammy. Hit it, squirrel. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. No anniversaries. Okay, then let's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, continue our worship this morning. Turn to hymn number 11, Thou Art Worthy. Oh Lord, let's stand and sing. Number 166, Sweet Hour of Prayer.
We lead us in prayer, please. Our Father and God, we are so blessed, Lord. We truly have nothing to complain about, but yet we do. Lord, forgive us. Every time our heart beats, it's a gift. Every time we take a breath, it is a gift. Every time we take a step, it's a gift. Every time we use our hands for anything, it's a gift. All these things, Lord, we often just take for granted. Forgive us, Lord. We ask that this morning, while we worship, let us be grateful in our hearts for all the things that you give, all the things that you have done, and all the things that are yet to come. Lord, we worship you because you are worthy, as we sang this morning. You alone are worthy of all glory and honor. So, Lord, this morning, let your power be felt. Let your love be shared among us, and let joy reign in our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 260. Come, share the Lord. We gather Lord, 
will be given by Jim Rominger. I noticed on our bulletin it says the, the peace of God. And the meditation I chose this morning was... Uh, Walking with God. Amen. If I can get the right page here. I suspect all of us have been seeing a marching band or a military parade. Have you ever considered what's involved in their keeping exactly together? Even while they're all moving. The key is that every person must do exactly the same thing in the same place and at the same time. In the military, when the commander, when the command march is given, each soldier immediately starts out with their left foot. So the leader counts condescence which indicates when every step is to be taken. In this way, the entire unit moves as one. What I've described sounds very similar to ritual. We've come to be suspicious of ritual because it can so easily be misused. But ritual can have a positive impact as it helps unite us in our common faith, ensuring that we're all moving in the same direction. The danger comes when we think of our Christian walk exclusively in terms of ritual. The truth is that nothing we do in this building defines us as Christians. That occurs in the world. There are two important scriptures that talk about our walk. And in both our walk is primarily with God, not with one another. The first is in the Old Testament. In Micah 6, verse 8, we read, 
He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In the previous verse, Israel had questioned why God was angry with them. In effect, they said, we do all the sacrifices and rituals. Does God want even more of them? Micah's response is is powerful and direct. He tells Israel that what God truly desires is a way of living that demonstrates it's in justice and mercy and walking with God. Even in the Old Testament, it wasn't just about ritual. First John, verse uh, chapter one, verse seven, uses a different image to describe the same message. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we are fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Once again, what God wants is for us to walk with him, not ahead nor behind, but keeping in step with God. What all this means is that our Christianity is to be defined, not by ritual, but by how we live our lives. During the Last Supper, Jesus washed the feet, washed his disciples' feet. Some groups use this as a basis for practicing foot washing in their services. While that might be acceptable as a symbol, I would disagree if we were to teach that this is to be the message we get from Jesus' example. Jesus used the image of washing the feet, the disciples' feet, to teach a lesson. But the reality of that lesson was demonstrated the next day when Jesus showed the real meaning by taking upon himself the full burden of the cross. As we participate in the Lord's Supper, if we view it as only ritual, I doubt if we will derive much from it. If that's all we see in it, it might be better not to take it. But if we really understand what we are doing, the Lord's Supper can be a powerful reminder of who we are and what Christ calls us to be, both as individuals and community. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just as Jesus yearned to have communion with his disciples, we also yearn to commune with our fellow church members. Jesus set the example for us to follow. We thank you that when we meet, we can remember you and honor you with our communion. Help us to be that light to all people we meet for your kingdom.
Amen. Listen. God speaking. Let's just listen for a couple of minutes. See what he has to tell us. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And also the cup after they had eaten, Jesus took it and giving thanks, passed it among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from turn to uh, number 436. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Amen. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love, at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always my King, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Take 
You may be seated, and Brother Mitch is going to bring us a special this morning. Ain't that special. Good morning. How art thou? Amen. Amen. Well, I did uh, something last night to Brother Mark that we shouldn't do. I sent him something at the wee hours of the night for him to add to the program, because I was looking for the words to a song. I didn't know. I couldn't find my blue folder. I found it this morning. It's here. (laughs) That's why I couldn't find it at home. It was over here. But the song I was looking for is called Follow Me. It goes with our message this morning. And uh, when I was looking, I found a video of a Young man, this was back in 1972. And I thought, you know what? This presentation is so much better than what I could do because of the way that it's presented. As you see it, you will understand. So uh, this will bring back memories for some of you, I'm sure. So, Brother Mark, go ahead and play the video. Please. Go out television and radio rallies almost uh, every Monday night and Tuesday night, and sometimes Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. We're home on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night here at Thomas Road Baptist Church. Last Tuesday night, we had the joy in Pennsylvania of meeting a young man that Doug and I agreed, but it was worth the trip just to meet uh, Jeff Steinberg. Jeff is a completed Jew. He knows Jesus Christ as his Messiah and his Lord and his Savior. Jeff has no arms or legs. He drives an automobile about a thousand miles a week. He's a preacher. He's a teacher. He's only 21 years old. And Jeff asked me, asked me even to mention that he's single. <laughs> but Jeff uh, Steinberg is a real, dedicated, committed Christian who sings beautifully. Doug Oldham said he sings too beautifully. Doug said, let's not get, uh, get him on too much now. Uh, but Doug Oldham and Jeff sang together for us up at Pennsylvania. After the meeting was over and the crowd came back in, and we had us a revival after the service. Jeff, I want you to come and just give us a word of testimony right now. I want you to uh, just tell a little bit of what the Lord's done for you. Come right on up, and then I want you to sing for us. Jeff Steinberg, it's a joy to have you with us. Thank you, Jerry. It's a privilege to be here to share with you what Jesus Christ means to me. For he's everything. Just like Jesus called the disciples individually, each one, he only used two words. 
And I can look back at those same two words that he used to call me. I'm glad that Jesus means so much to my heart. Without him, I'd be nothing. And I want you to listen to a song that talks about those two words. Follow me. I travel down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back had bowed me to despair. I'd often How folks were treating me And then I heard him say to me My feet were all so weary Upon that Would be no more than love. 
no less could I repay. You said no greater love hath mortal man than for his friends he died. These are the words he gently spoke. about you but that moves me (laughs) young man 21 years old no arms no legs raised in a Jewish home and he talks about Jesus said to him follow me so our text this morning is from Mark chapter 2 and uh, begins at verse 13 Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not. The healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Thank you, Jesus. If he came to call the righteous, I wouldn't be here today. He came to call the sinners and make us righteous in God's eyes by what he did. Not anything I did or you did. Simply by what he did. Now when he come and he said follow me. In the tradition of a true disciple in that culture in that day. They literally followed him. Everywhere he went. 
They lived with him. They ate with him. They walked with him wherever he walked. They did whatever he did. When he was out healing and performing miracles, they were right there learning and growing. They were observing. And then if you paid attention when you were reading the scripture, you found out that many times they didn't understand what had happened. So privately afterwards, they asked him, what's the meaning of this? And then he taught them and explained it to them. And thereby we learn as his disciples also. Because every one of us, if we truly are born again, he came to us at some point and said, follow me. Now, we're blessed in many ways. I have arms and legs. I don't have that challenge that that young man had. But regardless of our circumstance, regardless of our health or state of being, he has something for all people to do. You know, I read a story once of an elderly lady who had been so involved in her church Whenever there was uh, any kind of uh, event at church, this lady was involved in organizing it, getting everything set up and helping. Then she had a stroke and she couldn't walk, couldn't use half of her body anymore. And as she lay there in the nursing home, (laughs) she was weeping. And so she called her pastor As she was weeping, she said, I feel so useless. I used to be able to help in so many ways, and now it seems that I can do nothing. And he wisely said to her, he said, look around your room and ask God to show you what you can use. To serve him. We can all look around and find out what we have. And ask God to show us. What do I have. So that I can follow you. Well as she hung up. And she was praying. And she was weeping. And she asked God to show her. And she looked over to her right. And there was a a stand. You know one of those food tray stand type things. And next to it was a little uh, nightstand. And on that nightstand, there was a telephone. And there was a, a thick book of names and addresses to call. She just started at the first letter, the first name. And she started calling everybody on, that she found in the telephone book. And began to tell them about Jesus. Many people came to Christ. Because she took the time. To call them. When we follow him. Yes it involves sacrifice. But no sacrifice we could make. Is ever greater than the one he made. But because he made a sacrifice. And he's our example. We are to sacrifice also. You know, Jesus said at one point that we are to not live our own lives, but to let him live in us. That's paraphrased. But basically what he was saying is, you know, don't 
Just live according to the flesh. Don't live according to the fleshly desires. Don't just live according to the world and standards and the culture around you. Live according to what I say. Live according to what I taught my disciples. You are one of my disciples. I am teaching you. Walk with me. Follow me. Don't follow the culture. Don't follow the world. Don't follow Hollywood. Don't follow all of this garbage. Follow me. And I will never lead you astray. Never. We follow other men. They may lead us down the wrong path. You know, one of the things that, that often, now that I have problems with my eyes that I have, I'm always running to the blind, don't let the blind lead the blind. Well, I have a, another friend that is also, he's more blind than I am. He's got one eye completely gone. It's a glass eye. And the other one is about shot too because he had shrapnel in his eyes in, in war. But he's a ham radio operator friend of mine and Every once in a while, we would go out to eat. And as we would go, he would always grab a hold of my arm. (laughs) Here I am with a blind cane, and he's got his, but he's holding on to my arm and following me. And I'm thinking, this is the blind leading the blind here. This ain't good. (laughs) I'm not sure that's exactly what Jesus meant, but it always hit me as funny. (laughs) But then, you know, not only did he call Levi a tax collector. You know, tax collectors were even more horrible back in that day than they are today. Uh, Because they were like traitors. They went to the other side. They were working for the Romans. And so, you know, some of them actually worked for the king that was appointed by the Romans, but still through that avenue, they were still working for the Romans and they were given authority to go out and to take from people, to force people if necessary. And they often took more than they were supposed to. And that's how they amassed their wealth. Now, I don't know if Levi did that or not. We're not really told, but isn't it odd that Jesus calls him instead of someone with a better reputation. Someone who was more well-liked. If you think that you're despised and hated because you follow Jesus, we can't be nearly as hated and despised as Levi was being a tax collector. And not only that, but then Jesus goes home with him or goes, uh, yeah, goes home with him And there were many tax collectors and other sinners that were gathered there together having a big meal. And here's the thing. In that culture and in that day, to break bread with someone is to say, I love you. I forgive you. You are my friend. I would never do anything to harm you. You're my friend. When people were at odds with one another... They wouldn't break bread together until forgiveness and healing was ready to take place. And when that happened, they would invite the other person to come and be their honored guest. And as they broke bread, 
It was a symbol, a sign. We are family. We are brothers. And what was a problem is no longer a problem. It's forgiven. What did we do this morning with the Lord? We broke bread with the Lord. As we follow him, as we follow him, and sometimes we make a right turn or a left turn that he didn't take. (laughs) We went it on our own. But then we come together on Sunday and we break bread with the Lord. I forgive you. I love you. It's nothing. It's cleansed. You're forgiven. Just follow me. Get back on track. Follow me. These religious leaders of the day hated the fact that this new rabbi come in and sit down with these unclean tax collectors and sinners. And they ask, why? Why are you doing this? And I love Jesus' explanation here. Because he said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. I mean, who can't understand that? I mean, you know... I hear people complain all the time why they have to go to the doctor once a year just for a health check. I mean, come on. I'm healthy. Why do I need to go to the doctor? Uh, So he can get a paycheck. That's why. But it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. The, The significance of this, I think we miss sometimes because he's really going deep into a spiritual matter here. What he's actually saying is, is you Pharisees think you're righteous. You think you're holy. You don't realize that you really are sinners and broken just like these people. But the ones who know they're broken, the ones who know they're sinners, the ones who have accepted that they are in need of a Savior, they're the ones that I reach out to. They're the ones that I come for. They're the ones who are crying out, help, help. I've fallen and I can't get up. And he goes over and he reaches his hand out and says, I will help you And he does. That's what happens when we accept Jesus. But he doesn't just lift us up so that we can fall again. He doesn't just lift us up so we can stay in that spot. He said, follow me. Don't don't just stand there. Do something. Follow me. Don't just come to church every Sunday. Go and share the gospel with someone. Live the gospel in front of others, but also share by speaking the gospel. I don't know about your Bible, but mine says that faith comes by hearing, not seeing, by hearing the word of God. So it has to be spoken. Otherwise, people don't know. Jesus loves us too much to leave us in a sinful state. He allows us to choose. We can choose to stay in a sinful state if that's our wish. But it's not his. His desire is that all should come to repentance, that no one should perish. Well, 
why do you think that he said for us to go and make disciples? Because it's not his desire that any should perish. And he puts that desire within us that no one should perish. Because if we really follow him, his love lives in us. His spirit guides us. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, has us to share the gospel with others in need. To see those who are broken, those who are hurting, those who have needs. And we reach out to them and say, hey, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can take away this pain and this hurt. Jesus can help you to be set free from the bondage of this sin that has gripped you and holding you in the darkness so that it feels like there's no hope or no help anywhere. You know, if we look around at the economy and all the things that's going on right now, if we're not careful, we will become entangled in the darkness. But we can't let that happen. We have to look to Jesus. We have to follow the light. We have to be aware of the darkness that's growing around us, but we can't fall into the snare of living in the darkness. We have to be the light. This morning, Sister Kathy has asked for a few minutes to share, so I'm going to stop here and let that soak in, and I'm going to let Sister Kathy present whatever it is she wanted to do, and... uh, Know that what she's doing is out of love. After she's done, if you have a need, just mind the Lord. I'd ask that you take a minute and not look in your envelope. Normally they don't pump in that much, but they're going to right now. And I prayed about that, and I thought, I need to give some more to the church. I thought, well, who's the church? The church is everybody here. We are the church. So in this instance, (laughs) in this instance, I was led to divide up the, the additional that came. And as you look in your envelopes, you'll find they're all in $1 bills. And there's a reason for that. It took me a little effort to get a whole bunch of $1 bills. But it's because of what is coming. It's, it's only $20. But with what's coming, that's just fiat currency, we call it. It's not real. It's whatever you think it means. So I would hope that you would think about keeping this. But if you need it for your gas tank, I can understand it. But the point in the lesson here is that we can get into some hard times where a $20 bill you won't be able to make change for. So when you go, like we've been doing the last two years, you go up to some place and go, oh, we don't have any change. You just have to round it up. Well, I don't want you to be in a position to round it up. If a loaf of bread is $5, you don't want to have to give them 20 if you still recognize it. 
So my suggestion through prayer is that when you look at your own finances, I'm not suggesting you drag all your money out of the bank or forget your 401s or whatever, even if I can. Um, make sure you keep some low bills. You'll need them. I'm afraid you're going to need them. But it's because I'm loved that I love you. And I just wanted to share that. So thank you. Thank you. Not only that, we like you. <laughs> Our invitation hymn this morning is number 410. Cleanse me, search me, O God, and know my heart today. Let's stand and sing. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart today. Try me, O oh Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way. Cleanse me from every sin and sin. 
Amen. You may be seated. We have not a whole lot, but some uh, in the Right, and somebody's in training, I think, to be a preacher. uh, Men's Fellowship is back in business. Area area Men's Fellowship. They're meeting tomorrow evening at uh, Austin. There will not be a meal. Uh, It's going to start at 7.30. And uh, be program only, but there's always a lot of fun in fellowship. And I'm, I'm sure they'll have a coffee pot on. So, uh, Fred, is the uh, bus going to run tomorrow? Yeah, about seven. Seven? Okay. So if you need if you need a ride or don't know where the Austin Church is, well, you, uh, see Freddie here at 7 o'clock or a little before. When he says 7, that's when he pulls out. So uh, a little before 7 tomorrow evening. Uh, Six-man quartet. May be a little late getting started because most of us will be in a meeting uh, right after church. Like to see the elders and the uh, trustees get together for just uh, just a few minutes right after church. And uh, is that okay, Wilma? Well, it won't last long. My voice is about shot. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm six man quartet will meet after church next Sunday. Yeah. Hope the rest of the day goes as easily. Depending on what you're asking. Indeed. Anything else going on this this week or the rest of the month that we need are to we know about? Yes, we are having Bible study tonight. Lions watching the lambs? Hmm? Goats. Oh. Well, I've been to, I've been goat and a ram. This place is a zoo. Hmm. Anything else happening? What's that? Have you heard from Herman? Yes. Herman made it to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was shortened. Quarantine. Quarantine. Mm. Oh. When you get there, they quarantine you. But his was shortened because he tested negative, so he was only in for uh, a little over 24 hours. Okay. And then they released him out into the public. So he is uh, said he's doing three days of fasting and praying and asked for us to pray with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he'll be back, uh, what, the end of the month? He'll be back June 1st. June 1st. Yeah, he's gone for almost four months. Okay. Hmm. It's only more than once this year. Only. He usually goes twice. Fall and spring. That's the time he's going to do it all at once. Yeah, good. Is that you? That's my wife. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, and she went. 
Good. We'll, we'll leave them on a couple of weeks just to be sure. We certainly look forward to it. And if anyone would like to uh, contribute to, especially to the restroom, we're not keeping a set of separate account on it, but anything that goes into the Little Brown Church in the, on the stump uh, will be uh, used for that. So, now, if there's nothing else, Brother Mitch, would you dismiss us, please? I can do that. Oh, well, I hope that you all enjoyed that. Father God, thank you so much that you called us to follow you. And Lord, we just pray and ask that you help us to be faithful in our following. 
Help us to be faithful to read your word and so that we can better understand what you are asking of us to do. That we may be obedient children. Lord, put a desire in our hearts. Put that fire in our bosom. To not just come to church, come to Bible study. Those are things we must do also because your word teaches that's what we're supposed to do. But it also teaches that we are to go and make disciples. So Lord, if we want revival, we have to be revival. So help us to obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that.